our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Welcome to Girls That Invest, the platform that empowers millennials through financial literacy. You're joined today by your hosts, Sim and Sonia, two millennial investors who are extremely passionate about all things investing and personal finance. How are you going today, Sim? I am going well. So I had a meeting today with a mortgage advisor and she had the most beautiful eyeliner. Like that eyeliner was winged so well. And, like, I obviously was listening to what she had to say and, like, shout out to her, like, amazing, so helpful. But it, her eyeliner was so good, Sonia. I went home. This was after work. So I went home at, like, 6.30 and I just put on eyeliner. I was like, I want to I wanna be here. What's happening here? Did you learn I, anything at all or were you just? Of course. Can you see my eyeliner right now? Like, you didn't even say anything about it. I can't see anything. I'm so sorry. But that little wing. Wow, revolutionary star. Before anyone goes, we are talking about ethical investing. Ethical investing is what it sounds like. It's the idea that you invest money in things that are ethical to you and align with what's important to you. Now, in very like proper terms, ethical investing is the practice of selecting investments based on your ethical or moral principles. But in common terms, it just means... Drawing the line with what's comfortable with you and choosing what companies you want to invest in and where you say, you know what, I don't believe in that and I'm not going to put my money there. So, for example, there's common things like the tobacco industry or alcohol or gambling, but, you know, it can be whatever you want it to be. It can be, you know, a percentage of carbon emissions that you're not comfortable with. It can be a company that handled a really poor sexual misconduct case within their company and you're just not happy with that so it really is person by person but it's pretty interesting as a topic you know um, I thought this was an important thing to talk about because I'm gonna put my hand up I wasn't always a believer in ethical investing I just didn't know it was a thing the scandal and do you know what the worst part of it all was your girl did no research. This mindset, this mindset or my, my thoughts on ethical investing, it came from other people's thoughts or what other people were saying. I didn't really look into it and I don't know why. 
before making my mind up about investing in ethics, but I'm really excited to talk about it in more detail. When you say like other people's opinions, like what were they saying? Literally, there's no such thing as ethical investing, <laughs> point blank period. And I was just like, you know what, sweetie, you're right. You were like, you know what, I literally have no other way to know, so sure. Yeah, it's not like the internet exists and it's not like no. books and books exist and it's not like I could have gotten knowledge from a podcast yeah a podcast for example I just decided to take their word for it <laughs> which is not smart kids don't do that read into it do your research so the old train of thought was that ethical investing was kind of like for people that were like soft or like millennials like why on earth would you want to invest in things that were like good for the environment or like mattered to you and that's kind of how it used to be seen and I think it would be fair to say that there might be some like older investors out there that might still feel that way but in 2019 the New Zealand Responsible Investment Survey found that 83% of people expected not like hoped not like would like expected that their investments should be invested ethically that was actually a lot higher than I thought it would be. What would you have thought? Do you know what? I'm not actually entirely surprised. But I just, I feel like we're in a day and age where people just naturally think a little bit more. Like all over social media, people are like, I'm going to support Ben and Jerry's and not Dolls Kill because of like, you know, social justice and stuff. I feel like we just think a little bit more. Even there are people who spend hours on lists, on like threads, on where you can shop books instead of shopping on Amazon like you know we just put a little bit more like time and effort and thought into things maybe not just millennials but I guess just people in general now I feel like there's a shift oh I definitely see that shift and you'll you'll see more like we were kind of talking in our last podcast just more like intentional spending and intentional Mm. consumption and like why should investing be any different you know like Like, why can't we have the option to invest in a way that makes us more comfortable? And what I love about this podcast in particular and about the topic of ethical investing is you get to choose and support and pour money into the companies that align with your values. Like, if you were like, you know what's really important to me? Women in leadership or sustainable practices – you almost get like an extra voice outside of, you know, your government elections and your local communities. It's like one extra way to push forward for change. And I think that's, it's really neat. So ethical investing has been around for, I mean, as long as investing has existed, but the momentum really sort of kickstarted back in 2010, where there was this radiation oncologist in Australia And for those that don't know what radiation oncologists are, it just means cancer doctors who treat the cancers through radiation. And one of the biggest carcinogens or cancer-causing things is tobacco. And so this doctor was out for coffee with their fund manager for their retirement fund. And it kind of came up in casual conversation about what her money was being invested in. Also, if you thought this doctor was a male, like, that says something about you right now. (laughs) So what she ended up finding out, which completely, like, blindsided her, 
was that she was investing in tobacco companies, yet going to work every day telling people about the effects of cancer and treating it. And I mean, it was such a parallel or just like complete polar opposites of like what she was doing and where her hard-earned money was going. And what she did, and she's like such a badass woman about this, she started a, like she literally became the founder of a company called Tobacco Free Portfolios. And this is for like all those people out there that are like, what can one person do? This woman helped redirect $6 billion of investments from the tobacco industry and yeeted it away to other industries in the last five years. Like $6 billion, one woman. I think that's the thing. Like People don't realize how, just from speaking out on that one issue, how much power she had. I mean, $6 billion worth of investments, sweetie. You're doing great. <laughs> doing real great. And so obviously, like, we're not out here saying if you realize you're investing in the wrong thing, you need to start a company about it. But by all means, if you are investing or if you have a retirement fund like this doctor did, definitely look into, like, where that money's going. And for everyone, it's a different step that they take. For you, it might just be changing out of that fund and going into something that aligns with your goals. That's still a big step. Anyway, moving on from my little, like, girl crush slash rant about this amazing woman. Oh, I forgot to say what her name is. She is the incredible Dr. King in Australia. So how do we actually analyze how ethical a company is? There's this great thing called ESGs. Now, ESGs are essentially the standard criteria that you consider when you're trying to figure out the ethics of a company. And it is an acronym, so the E stands for environmental the S stands for social, and the G stands for governance. For example, Mm -hmm. environmental, that can be water pollution, it can be climate change. It can be BP, like literally, do you remember that time BP accidentally, like their ship just like hit something and just, do you not remember? Oh wait, I do remember that. Like years ago, and then all this oil just went into like the Gulf of Mexico. Yes. See, what she said, that's also an example social, so um, how companies treat their employees, their wages, how they treat their suppliers, if they're multinational companies, so companies that operate not only in their own country but overseas as well, like how are they paying between country to country, and then you've got your governance. So governance is corporate governance, corporate behavior. For example, um, Sim and I were talking about this earlier today, And it's how a company responds to a certain issue. Maybe it is that there's a sexual assault allegation within the company. Like, how do they handle that? That definitely makes sense. Back to that 2019 New Zealand Responsible Investment Survey, they have some really neat data there. And knowing me, knowing how much of a nerd I am and how much I love numbers, I was having a look. And you know what? In New Zealand, 85% of people are on the same page as us and they would not invest in weapons and firearms. It was quite interesting what other things, you know, we as New Zealanders were sort of, you know, wanting to draw the line on. 93% said that they would want their investments to avoid human right violations. 
For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it, from local pop-ups to global retailers, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple, increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win, win, win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. Personally, I just want to know what the 7% were that were like, you know what, human rights violations, it happens. I'd invest in that. Human rights violations? I don't know her. I'm just turning a blind eye to suffering of humans. Do you think they just like... Didn't read the question. <laughs> they accidentally clicked the no. Bro, how can uh, you yeah, do that? You know what? I say that we are very uh, unbiased and let's keep it that way. But just that one point. To my point before, you really just got to analyze your values and how important certain values are to you. And sometimes that means you have to prioritize. Prioritize not caring about human rights violation. There were some other really interesting facts too. For example, testing on animals for non-medical reasons. So for example, cosmetics, 86% of New Zealand's were like, nah, I'm not okay with that. And then the least important in terms of all the options was meat and meat products. And only 37% of people said that they would not invest in that industry which is i mean it's an interesting stat to be honest our dairy and meat exports are probably the biggest at the new zealand like top by market cap so by the size of the company in terms of how much stock they have and how much those stocks are worth one of our biggest companies are like a2 milk and fonterra and companies that export out dairy so hmm. So if we're thinking about it, are ethical investments bad investments in terms of stock market performance? Why would you think that they'd be bad? I think it's a common misconception. People always think if you're a little bit more socially responsible, or in this case, if we're investing ethically, it must mean there has to be a consequence somewhere, you know? And Give or take. Yeah, it's almost like a give or take situation in this case with investing. It might be return. Let me say this, and I just want to be really clear about this. Your financial returns and your social returns do not have to be mutually exclusive. You can be intentional and still have the opportunity to earn a competitive market return as a ethical investor, whatever that may mean to you. So I don't want to make a claim like that without backing it up with some 
hardcore facts. So, so Morningstar, a global research agency, came up with some really interesting um, data and they looked over hundreds, if not thousands of funds and compared their ethical funds or ethical funds out there with funds that were similar but still kept in those non-ethical sort of companies, um, for example, tobacco companies. And do you know what they found? Whether it was in bonds or shares, whether it was in companies in the UK or overseas, the ethical-based companies and funds outperformed or made as much returns as the non-ethical ones. I know that back in the day, this wasn't always the case, and that's probably where that misconception comes from but it is outdated. And just to check in some more recent evidence, during the coronavirus crisis, social good funds outperformed all but in one category compared to other funds. So I think that it is really worth noting that you don't have to give up making good investments based on making choices that align with your goals, which is great. Like what a time to be alive where you can do both. Yeah, I mean, that just completely squashes that perception of, oh, if you're investing ethically, like your stocks must not be doing good. She's come here with facts, sis. She's come here with a lot of research. Yeah, with research. One thing that I wanted to add, and I think this is really important to make a distinction between, is that when you want to support an ESG when you buy a stock of that company, you are not giving the company money directly in the same way that you would if you, for example, bought a product off them and then they got the profit. What you do when you are buying and selling shares is you're buying and selling it with other investors. So that company is not getting the money directly. But what you are doing is increasing the market capitalization, which is the value of the company, based on its share price so for example when you hear on the news like Mark Zuckerberg is worth like 300 billion trillion dollars then that's based off all the stocks of the company that he owns is worth so that's what you're helping to increase and that's not to say that you're not making a difference because you are but it's really important to know how you're making that difference. Mm. So we've talked about what ethical investing is we've talked about you know exactly how to determine what is important to you and a little bit of the history behind it but how do you actually go about doing it like when you leave this episode how do you go away being able to make change it's a good question there's three different ways one way off the bat is by by individual stocks it's a little bit more grunt work because you do need to put research into each company that you're buying, looking through the sustainability reports of that company. Because with the ESG criteria that I mentioned before, every company has a rating. So one of the easiest ways to figure out what rating or what ESG rating a company has is by typing in the company name and going to Yahoo Finance and going onto sustainability. So they have a separate tab on Yahoo Finance for sustainability and a whole bunch of issues come up on the right side and you can see if that company dabbles in animal testing, for example. 
So as you were talking, Sonia, because I actually haven't done this before, so this is pretty cool. So I'm on Yahoo Finance. I feel like Yahoo Finance is very underrated. Yeah, let's go download the app. So I've just typed in Tesla, for example, and then it's just come up with like all the different things about it, like its conversions, its stats. So looking here, it's got its environmental, social and governance rating risk. And then it's got like a very cute little like graph on terms of how controversial it is out of like none to severe, one to five. And take a guess at what Tesla would be in terms of controversial. Five. It's only a three. So you can find out their rating on Yahoo Finance. Best yet, if you scroll down, so I'm just looking at Apple at the moment. If you scroll down and go, I guess, to the right-hand side, there's a whole bunch of, I guess, more popular taboo topics. And it's a yes or no answer if they're involved in these products or activities. For example... Apple doesn't have any products involvement in gambling, in tobacco products, in animal testing, in fur and specialty leather. And there's a whole bunch of issues that you can see there. And if some have ticked yes and that doesn't align with your values, well, you know to move on to the next one. Except for that like 7% that are like human right. That's a yes for me. (laughs) I'm not talking to the 7%. I do want to have a conversation with them though. So what other ways are there? Because that's pretty cool. Yeah. So another way is by just going directly into an ETF or mutual funds. So again, we've talked about this in previous podcasts. So ETFs and mutual funds, they're probably the easiest way to diversify your stock portfolio, if you will. But there are dedicated ETFs or mutual funds to particular issues so there's ETFs and mutual funds. I've heard that Vanguard, I mean, so if for those that don't know what Vanguard is, it's like a extremely large, extremely well-known company that creates a lot of index funds and ETFs being just like this good company that they are. They also have a few sort of socially good funds. Is that what they have? So they have a few different types of ESGs. I keep referring to it ECGs. I really don't know why. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, Most of the things that we talk about are fundamentally similar across different countries. And we do sometimes get questions like, hey, I'm not in New Zealand. I just want to know if what you talk about is applicable to me. And the answer is yes, investing, at least the fundamentals of investing, is very similar I do just want to add this little Kiwi website called Mindful Money. It's an independent website. And if you are interested in where your Kiwi Saver money is going, so for example, if you aren't too sure where your retirement fund is being invested in, Mindful Money does a really good job of showing you exactly where you know your money is going, whether that be weapons or fossil fuels or gambling. And then it also helps you choose an ethical fund that aligns with your values. Now, this isn't a sponsor. I just thought it was quite neat to know what was available. So before we head off again, we just wanted to say a huge shout out to everyone that has been so supportive of our podcast. If you want to keep in touch, please check out our Facebook group, Girls That Invest, or our Instagram with the same name. We love to keep in contact with you guys. We love hearing all your feedback. And yeah, so just before we head off, 
Just a little disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors and the advice on Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investing or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Until next time, Sonia. Until next time, Sim. Bye. Bye.